Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back. Yet another episode of the London is Blue podcast coming at you with part two of this week joined by Nick, and if you missed it, our guest Liam Toomey from The Athletic. Uh, Part one was all about Project Restart, Chelsea getting back to playing, what that looks like, testing, home and away venues, match schedule rules, all that stuff, and then we definitely talked about Angola Conte specifically, so go check it out. Um, But part two, guys, we are going to be talking about transfer news, rumors, gossip, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, So this will be definitely very interesting um but before we get into that again nick i want to give you an opportunity to plug a new partner for the for the podcast yeah that's right uh signables uh, is is back on we're doing a giveaway with them this week on our instagram so go ahead and check that out um if you're if you're hearing this on wednesday it should be should be live by wednesday as we pre-record these um signables is an uh authentic signature product that's made out of genuine matchball leather it's uh, Chelsea specific, they have five Chelsea players available with Pulisic, Conte, Aspie, William, and Pedro. Um, they are offering our listeners 20% off of all purchases at signables.com. Uh, you've got to use the code LIB20 for 20% off. But um, but go check it out and let us know what you think. We'd love to get your, your user feedback. And if, you've, if you have one of these, send us a photo of it. All right, Liam, it is time to talk about transfers. Uh, back in April, you wrote about what could potentially be a weird transfer market. Um, I guess one of the parts we pulled out was the original plant that you had written was, you know, 
The original plan had been for quite sweeping changes this summer with six or seven incoming transfers, but the pandemic has forced a rethink. And I think we're talking about Chelsea specifically or the Premier League in general? Uh, that, that quote was from an anonymous Premier League club's head of recruitment. Um, so I, I so don't it just think... shows an example of what yeah. a Premier League team was going to do and how this has completely just wiped that and changed it. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think that was a, a particular insight into Chelsea's strategy, but it does give a good um, overview of, of what some Premier League clubs were planning. So they were going from six or seven incoming transfers, and they said now we're maybe two or three, who who we feel stronger with a far stricter budget. No one really knows how it's going to go. They're expecting prices to come down. No more hundred million players, um, and they're going to be looking for free transfers and and bargains essentially and and things we'll see so uh i totally chopped those quotes up to try to you know simplify it might have failed but i guess any update from what you've been hearing with clubs in the transfer and their transfer strategies really it's not even i guess it's that's what you'd call it right now well i think the first thing to say is there hasn't been a ton of movement in the last couple of weeks because clubs have been so focused on the the problem of playing again you know getting the season going again and I think once they know where they stand in terms of are we going to have to give broadcast money back or do we have that can we count on that money going forward um, and where do we actually finish in the league over these last nine or ten games then I think they'll be in a better position to um, to be a bit more definitive about how they're approaching the transfer market but I've in all the in all my time like covering football, I've never known a transfer market that is harder to predict than the next window. I mean, we don't even know when it's going to be. You know, the Premier League clubs are currently talking about maybe shifting it from um, sort of August to September time, but that would have to be agreed across all of Europe's major leagues, and they they all run into slightly different timetables. So it's it's a messy one. Um, one thing I did write a month or two ago, which still stands, is that. I think Chelsea are in a better position than most clubs to potentially separate themselves in this window. I mean, you've already seen the report, I saw a report a few days ago from, from Matt Law, who's obviously a very credible source on all things um, London football, saying that Arsenal and Tottenham are, are going to be dealing in free transfers this summer. Um, I don't think that will be the situation at Chelsea. Um, so, I think that, you know, for example, they have an opportunity to potentially separate themselves from those two clubs if they if they spend wisely, um, if they build around this this homegrown core that, you know, that's the advantage of having a really good academy is at a time like now, you've, you've got players that have cost you very, very little um, to produce and, and but can be key parts of your future plans. And I think you've seen with what Chelsea have done off the pitch, they haven't furloughed anyone, they haven't made anyone take a pay cut they were talking to the players about a, a potential pay cut but they parked that conversation for now and as long as that situation is the way it is then it's easier for them to turn around and spend 30 40 million on a player a few months from now <clears throat> Tottenham can't really do that after trying to furlough a load of staff and then having to publicly backtrack when there was a big backlash you know um, so I think they've got they've got an opportunity. A lot of it depends on on what Abramovich wants to do, 
how aggressive he wants to be. And the other unknown, the the other thing that we haven't had a proper answer to yet is what are UEFA going to do about financial fair play? Are they going to relax it for a period? Are they going to suspend it for a period? Because if they do, then this will be the first time um, since FFP came in in 2011, 2012, when clubs that are owned by states, City and PSG, and clubs that have billionaire benefactors like Chelsea will not be limited in terms of their spending. Their only limits will be the ones they set for themselves. Um, so if that's the situation, I think Chelsea have a, a big possibility to do something in this transfer window. And there will be there will be clubs across Europe who feel a real pinch from, from the shutdown and the, the financial consequences of it and, and feel obliged to sell players. And there could be opportunities there for the money that you do have to go further because as we said you don't have to pay 70 80 million you might only have to pay 30 40 um but it's so so difficult to talk in certainties about this this transfer market because we we just don't know so so you've started the Mbappe to Chelsea rumor right now which is great <laughs> I'm glad we got into that um oh I mean, I mean it's, it is interesting right you you kind of have a, a confluence of events happening you have a a global recession that is likely to last for for some time um, and could be made worse if there is a second true wave of coronavirus in the fall. Uh, you have a, you know, I think in your piece, you wrote that Roman uh, hasn't lost as big a percentage of his overall net worth as someone like Jim Radcliffe has during this time or, or Richard Branson has or some of these other billionaires who are heavily invested in different industries, right? That are, are maybe more affected by the pandemic. And you have clubs without the financial stability of Chelsea who are looking to potentially figure out how they can bring in new talent without spending a bunch of money, thus meaning they're probably gonna have to balance their books by, by selling some of these players. So it could be really, really interesting to see, you know, a, you know, if there if there really was a, an interest in Moussa Dembele from Lyon, for example, and the rumor was eighty million pounds to get him to Chelsea, if that really is a thirty million pound player now, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see if that if that really happens. But yeah, I want I want to get your your thoughts because you know we we've talked to you know over the last few weeks we've talked to Naz and we've talked to a bunch of other folks about how the transfer, you know, we, we had an episode called the transfer market will never be the same or something like that. It sounds like you're slightly more bullish on, on that take, um, thinking that Chelsea will be able to spend. Well, I, I'm, I'm bullish on the, the fact that they will have the option unless that, unless this, um, this shutdown really does escalate. We don't finish the season, you know, f- football is away for a lot longer and Chelsea are, do do feel they have to make tougher financial decisions um, down the line. I think it, with things as they stand, they they will have an option to to spend a bit, and it will all be relative. You know, they they might not, as I said, they might not have to spend that much in order to get quite good players to to improve this squad. It will all depend on different clubs across Europe and their different financial circumstances. And I think what you've what you've seen over the last few years um, with Chelsea is that. They are, I think, one of the more, one of the smarter clubs at identifying value generally. There have been notable missteps, and 
player player identification (laughs) yeah and and identifying identifying the right players to buy is a different question And, and Chelsea have a mixed record on that in the last few years but in terms of getting value from the from the market um sometimes for players they buy more often for players they sell I think Chelsea have done relatively well on that front and this will be this will be a window I think where those qualities are even more vital if you're going to do good business now the flip side of it for Chelsea is that if if for example they wanted to move on from Kepa and sign a better keeper this is not the window to sell him because you you would not be you could not possibly sell any lower <laughs> than you would be right now um, with the market as it is. And so it, if there are big clubs with players to offload, I think they, they potentially face some, some pretty difficult decisions. I don't I don't think Chelsea are going to do that with Kepa, first of all. I think they're going to give him an opportunity to grow and improve um, because it's the only choice that makes sense, really, financially. Um, but purchasing there there should be opportunities yeah all right well as as we dive into it a little bit uh obviously we know that olivier Giroud, willie caballero and tino andrin have signed one or five year extensions <laughs> depending on their age you tell me which <laughs> went to who uh it sounds like tammy abraham is likely to sign a new contract um but there's a few names that it sounds like might be leaving liam so we thought maybe we could do a yes, they're leaving, a maybe or a no kind of rating system on these names. So uh, we'll just, we don't need to talk long on them. But first one up is just Mishi Batshuayi. Do you think he will be leaving Chelsea this summer? And by the way, we haven't even talked about when this is all happening. So we're just going to pretend like that will be determined later. It sounds like August, September type time frame. But anyways, what minor details. Don't get tripped up on that, listeners. So Mishi. The only thing that stops me saying a definite yes is um, is that Chelsea have always wanted to get value from any Batshuayi sale. And as I've just said with Kepa, this is not really the window for getting value for players you don't want. Um, and he's in his last year of the contract, right? Yeah, I think that's probably the, the definitive factor here because Chelsea are not going to let him go for free. So I think... It, it, it might be one that drags on for a little while over the window, but I, w- I would lean towards yes with Batshuayi because it's so clear that Lampard doesn't doesn't think he can rely on him now. Um, he's been overtaken by Giroud in the pecking order. Giroud's got another year, and they could potentially be looking to bring in another centre forward as well. So I, I would lean towards yes with Batshuayi. Uh, we, we know that Pedro has, has already kind of said some goodbyes, so it appears that this is a firm yes, um, but want to get your take on, on Pedro. Yeah, I think, well, heading into the shutdown, it was a, a definite yes. I, I think it's still a yes. Um, he's not played much football this year. They, they've got two young wingers that are pillars of the, their future plans in Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi. Whether Willian stays, well, we'll get on to him. But um, I think they're they're probably looking to bring in another winger as well. Whether that player is more of a forward who can play wide, which is why Chelsea were interested in Dries Mertens originally, um, Mm -hmm. or whether it's two separate players, we'll see. But I think they are looking 
for for another player who can play wide. They've obviously got Hakeem Ziyech coming in as well, so there aren't going to be any more minutes for Pedro next season than there would be this year. I think he's it, it's it's time for him to go. So obviously, William, right after that, a uh, lot of conversation. He wants a three-year deal. Chelsea it sounds like they maybe offered him a two-year deal, and he balked at it. And then obviously the pandemic hit. So. Um, he is one I think is as you talk about clubs looking for bargain buys I mean, you could do worse than William in the Premier League yeah his is a really interesting situation when you factor in the shutdown and what it does to the transfer market because I would have said a couple of months ago the chances of him getting a three year deal from any um, top Premier League club would have been virtually nil because it's not the way it's, it's certainly not the way Chelsea operate with players over the age of 30. It's not been traditionally the way that Daniel Levy operates at Tottenham. And Arsenal, I think the way they're trying to do things now, they're going a bit younger too. So um, three years looked a bit optimistic, but he might get it now. I don't. He won't get it from Chelsea. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that, unless he's willing to budge and agree to a shorter deal. We know that Lampard would still like to have him around. Um, so if if he's willing to compromise, which he's shown no willingness to do so far, then he could still stay. But I would probably say that's a, a yes, he's leaving. Um, because they have, I, you know, I, I wrote about him a week or two ago and there have been no conversations with the club about a longer term extension for several months now. Um, the, only, the only conversation that, that needs to be had soon is on a temporary extension so that he can out the season and I'm told that he's he's happy to do that he's 32 August 9th Nick so just for perspective you'd be looking for a three-year deal that you know essentially you get him for you know 32 33 34 I don't know as a as a 32 year old I've never felt closer to being put out to pasture than when we have this conversation (laughs) I mean it's it's just hilarious um Another one that we've seen, Liam, uh, quickly is is the left back situation. It's one that I think we, you know, a lot of people have been talking about uh, between Alonzo or Emerson. Could you see one of them going this summer? Yeah, I, I think it's very likely that one of them goes. At least it's possible that both of them go. Um, I oh. know that when I know that when Ian Matson signed his new deal um, with Chelsea a few months ago. He, he had as the, the target in his head to be the backup next year to whichever left-back Chelsea bring in. Now, that obviously, that doesn't mean he will be, um, but that's something he's aiming for. And I think they've the impression is that, that neither Alonso nor Emerson are vital to Lampard's future plans. Alonso, because Lampard wants to play as a back, in a back four, and Alonso is not a fullback; he's a wingback. Um, and Emerson just hasn't quite been good enough. I think it, it's fairly easy to see how you could upgrade that position. All right, last one on the out list: uh, Jorginho to Juventus. That is the only option on the table. Obviously, yes, maybe, or no on that one. I know they're throwing swap deals at us too. I know McGlezy on Discord asked about that as well. Do you think Chelsea would be interested in a swap deal for him? Well, I'm always sceptical whenever swap deals are are mm-hmm. mooted because they never ever happen. It's you know they happen in American sports, but in European football, it's very very rare to get any sort of swap deal. Um, 
I would say a maybe on Jorginho. I'm still trying to figure out what that situation is because every time he's spoken publicly and all the things you hear behind the scenes are that he really likes playing for Lampard. He's really enjoyed, particularly last season, I think he enjoyed the way he was able to change his image with the fans, uh, the match-going fans at least. And I think he was also pleased with the fact that he was no longer viewed as just someone who succeeded in Sanary's system, that he kind of separated himself from that and people began to appreciate him as a good player um, in his own right. But at the same time, you get these constant stream of stories um, suggesting that I don't doubt that Sarri would love to coach him again. Uh, so that, that wouldn't surprise me if, if Sarri were, were lobbying Juventus to try and sign him. Um, but it, I haven't got a clear, firm handle on how Jorginho feels about going back to Italy at this point. Um, I think if you're looking at Chelsea's midfield now, the one that they're probably building around most is Kovacic for the future, rather than Jorginho or Kante. But Seems Lampard fair. really, yeah. But Lampard really likes Jorginho, and um, I think he res he respects his his leadership qualities on the pitch as well. So if he does go. I think it would be on Chelsea's terms and at Chelsea's price because he's still got, I think, three years left on that contract mm -hmm. that he signed. Yeah. Um, so Chelsea are in a strong position there. But no no doubt if if that became a realistic possibility, I think you'd see a, a wide range of opinions among Chelsea fans because he's one of the more polarising figures still. Okay. Well, I, I definitely love the extra context on the Chelsea players. That's, you know, a little bit more sensitive now, the people who might be coming in, I'm far less attached to these people for obvious reasons. So I'm just going to let, unless you have like something really specific on them, Liam, um, we can just do literally yes, maybe no, and then a couple follow-ups. But this, I, I get so scared when we get pinned to transfers because everyone's like, oh, this person and this heat map. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even know. So we're going to keep this very high level on this one. All right. So... Uh, you know, right away, yes, maybe, no. I do just want to hear where you think Jaden Sancho is. Big buzz name. Was close, wasn't close. Yes, maybe, no. I think all I can say is maybe, really. Um, That's fair. It The the information we have of the Athletic and, and David Ornstein has been leading the way for us on this, as he does on most transfer stories, is that Manchester United of the clubs that are probably in pole position, um, but there's still the there's still the unresolved element of would they have Champions League football to offer? How much does that matter to Sancho? And also, what does the what does the shutdown do to his price? Um, because as recently as January, I think all parties pretty much accepted that he was going to go, and there was a fairly firm. Um, price tag attached that you would think one of the interested clubs would be prepared to pay somewhere in the region of a hundred million pounds. And now, um, with the market maybe becoming a bit more depressed in terms of headline figures, there isn't necessarily a clear um, incentive for Dortmund to sell unless he really pushes to leave this summer there's not necessarily an incentive to sell. I mean, the, the things that that recommend Chelsea as, as suitors for Sancho are all still there. He's still friends with all the 
the homegrown guys. Uh, he basically grew up with with Abraham, and he knows Hudson Adoy really well. Um, so a bit easy fit in that sense. He, he fits the the broader profile of the squad, and I think the the style that they're they're trying to play. But I'm sure he could he could work at United as well, where they've got a lot of young wingers and and and, and attackers. So it's a difficult one. I th- I still think United are in pole position, but I wouldn't necessarily rule Chelsea out. Maybe, maybe is the only option there. Maybe fair enough. Um... Timo Werner, uh, Antonio Rudiger has apparently just been calling, texting, DMing uh, Tino Werner to to come to Chelsea. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on him as a potential target? Yes, no, maybe. I think it's a no, not because okay. he's the not because he's not the type of player that Chelsea would be interested in. I think he's exactly the type of forward. Um, that, that would work really well at Chelsea. He's he's a, a centre-forward, a goal-scoring centre-forward who can also play wide across the front. Kind of a younger Dries Mertens, you know, that, that kind of profile of forward. But he wants to go to Liverpool and Liverpool like him. The only I don't know why. Liverpool... I don't get it. I don't see anything <laughs> in, the, in those two being a, a cute couple. I don't get it. Nope. Oh, oh well. I can understand. Is what the, about his... is the... Go ahead. Well, the, the the problem the problem Liverpool have at the moment is they have the best front three in world football, and they're all at their peak. So who yep. who do you who do you take out for Werner, and why why would you be signing a guy who's scoring twenty odd goals in the Bundesliga to be your fourth option? You know that that's the complicating factor there, I think. But I I would say it's probably more likely that Liverpool maybe don't go for him, and he does one more year in Germany rather than. He decided to go mm. somewhere else this summer, and, and and that club would be Chelsea. I do think they would be interested in if they if they were given encouragement, but it seems to be Liverpool first mm. and foremost for him. All right, this one's probably it's a lot newer, but Jesus Corona coming from Porto. He's a, a tricky winger. Um, you know, his agents been out in the news saying that they've talked to Chelsea again. Yes, maybe no. I mean. You- it's nothing personal, but you can't sign a player called Corona in these circumstances, can you? you just um, It's not his fault now. <laughs> I know, it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but the world's not fair, unfortunately. You know, corona beer has already seen its value plummet. Uh, but no, I I don't have a clear handle on, on the okay. level of Chelsea's interest. So I think that has to be a, a, a maybe. They are looking for a winger, so it's certainly mm-hmm. possible. Uh, the next one's a, an interesting one. Come, coming from the championship, Said Barama um, is, is apparently an Algerian tricky winger, so, so we're switching up um, our, our nationalities a bit here. But a guy that currently plays his football a mere minute or, or two from, from Stanford Bridge in, in Brentford. What are your, what are your thoughts or uh, you know, kind of validate this rumor for us? Um, I, well, it came from... Uh, an Algerian media outlet, the Gazette de Fenech, who have some historic connections to Ben Rama. Like they, they do have connections to him. So it's more likely that those noises have more likely come from his side than from Chelsea's Fair. side. That doesn't mean there's nothing in it. Um, and I do, I'm, I'm very confident that <laughs> it. I think the the thing I find hardest to believe about those stories are the the figures that are attached. 
to potentially signing Ben Rama. You know, 30, 35, 40 million. Um, sorry, 35, 40 million. Um, if they, if Chelsea were prepared to pay that, I'm very confident that Brentford would drive him across West London to, to Stamford Bridge <laughs> themselves because they they, they would love to Brentford? get that kind of money. <laughs> They're buying the whole club. Like no, no offense, right? But yeah, I mean that would be a massive coup for a club like them. But uh, to your point, well, it's like they would probably they you know we're in a position of leverage to just be like yeah, but you'd probably take ten million honestly right now, wouldn't you? I think Brentford always had it in their heads that um, Ben Rama would go this summer, and part of their model is on raising money from player sales. So it would certainly work for for Brentford. It would work obviously work for Ben Rama. Um, but I, I, I really can't see Chelsea doing any sort of deal for him at the prices that have been mentioned. Uh, there's, there's may, maybe not nothing in it, but I, I would lean towards less likely. Totally fair. Um, so last, last two, Nicholas Tagliafico, obviously Chelsea and Ajax becoming warm. Uh, and his agent is saying that, hey, he's ready to go. A little bit of an exodus from Ajax right now. So obviously Ziyech has left. Uh, Onana has said he's leaving. And now Tagliafico is like, yep, I'm ready. Obviously, it's an interesting fit for Chelsea. Position of need, Liam. That's what makes yeah. this one interesting. Yeah, it is It is interesting. Um, and I think when Chelsea are looking at left backs, they will look at um, high quality quality options that are available for a reasonable price and and the interesting thing about those stories is that they have pretty firmly established what price it will take to get Tagliafico um, and it seems a very achievable one for Chelsea we're, we're hearing contrasting things at the moment where you know we, we've obviously seen what's been published but we've also been hearing that there hasn't been direct contact with Chelsea as yet um, there's plenty of time for that to happen it, it seems more broadly that Ajax are doing what Ajax do when they realise that a team has reached the end of its cycle. You know, the, the players that are looking to leave are the ones that are on the older edge of this squad. Um, and so it looks like they're, they're going to try and rejuvenate again with, and the money from Tagliafico would, would go towards that. I fully expect him to move this summer. I wouldn't be surprised if it was to Chelsea, but I, um, I don't think it's very advanced at this point. Last one, um, Kai Havertz. This is like the golden boy, wonder kid. This is uh, the sexy is one. Discussed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and is there anything in this? Um, I think I think he's he's moved into the bracket um, that Sancho was in only a few months ago, and, and probably still is. Oh. Where any any I just mean in terms of any major club in Europe would be very happy to have him at this point. He seems to have, I mean, he had a, he had a really explosive season for Leverkusen last year. He really dipped prior to the shutdown this season and, and his stock um, kind of fell off a little bit as a result, but he's come back really, really well um, in the last few weeks. And he's catching the eye again as a, as a goal scoring midfielder. I'm sure Lampard can appreciate that in particular. Um, he's, he, he certainly does fit the profile of the, the type of player Chelsea will be looking for. I think that's the age bracket they'll be looking at. The biggest question with him, as with Sancho, is the price tag. Because Leverkusen will be looking at anywhere between 70 to 100 million. 
I don't think he's near the end of his contract. Um, so they're, they're in a fairly strong position. And it just depends on whether Chelsea are willing to pay that much for anyone in the next transfer window, let alone one of the best young players in Europe. But there's no, there's no doubt, I think, that he he would make Chelsea better. And I think a lot of major clubs in Europe would be very, very happy to have him. Positional flexibility, he's only 20 years old. So, Obviously, there's a great shot. So maybe, very much, um, very much maybe on that one. <laughs> be silly not to be looking at him, which I can understand and appreciate. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for for giving us the the insight into those. Again, for more information, theathletic.com. Liam is on Twitter at Liam underscore Toomey. All of those links will be in the description. Go check it out. We are paying subscribers and find tons of value from The Athletic. Uh, but that is going to wrap us up for this one. The next episode, we'll be talking about Liam's article about when Roman Abramovich took over the club. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.